My name is Scott Curlin, and I have seen things. I have seen movies where Tommy Wiseau's acting was on display. I have seen cats dance. I have seen the awfulness of a musical that reminded me that there is a boy out there that wants to bang Augustus Gloop's mom. I have seen all these things, but what I've never seen is you. That's right. We watched Adam's Family Values. So you know what that means. It's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. Then mommy kissed daddy, and the angel told the stork, and the stork flew down from heaven and left a diamond under a leaf in the cabbage patch, and the diamond turned into a baby. Our parents are having a baby, too. They had sex. Tear me apart, Lisa! Snap out of it! You owe me 15 grand, pal. I love you! That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Rider's Bagel Basket. I am Scott Curlin, and we have our favy, Mr. David Allen Prescott. Hello. Oh, man, I am so glad we get to talk about Adam's Family Values. I love this movie. I love it, too. And, like, it's an example of where I think that the sequel is better than the original. Absolutely. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. Like... The original movie is just so weird. And this is weird too, but like, I think this one has a better villain. Uh, for December and January, we do Snubs and Shrugs. And I feel like this movie should have been nominated for Best Screenplay, it, not Best Picture. Like, it wouldn't have been nominated for Best Picture, but Best Screenplay, Best Actress mm-hmm. in Angelica Houston, and Best Supporting Actress for both Christina Ricci and Joan Cusack. Like, yeah, they Joan are. Cusack. It's a killer performance. And Raul Julia, like it, a, a, post, a posthumously nomination, would have been great too. Because he just will always be my Gomez. He's just so perfect in the role. He's so good. Like I could quote this movie all day. Isn't he a lady killer? Acquitted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like do quote this movie regularly like whenever i hear the name debbie i can't help but say you are mr debbie i am an adams (laughs) the best line (laughs) i i really uh so this is one of Haley's favorite movies of all time um Mm -hmm. we've watched it so much that now when we watch it we see who can quote it the most like who can say the Uh, it's usually her but uh, do you want to give us the blockbuster rule for this? Yeah. Um, everybody's favorite creepy, kooky, mysterious, and spooky family uh, gets into some peril, but in the end shows us and reminds us why the Adams family remains one of the most devoted families in television, film, and print to date. 
and people who rented this also rented Moon Over Parador, The Dead, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Working Girl, because those are all movies that have those people in them. <laughs> like, uh, so, like, there was a trope in the 90s where where if you wanted to make a sequel to a movie or a TV show, you added a baby. And I feel like this is making fun of that. Like, mm-hmm. like they clearly have pubert. But right, but it it's like not a uh. There's now a baby, right? Because like I just remember tra- trailers like they're back and now they have a baby, and you're like, oh fuck me, <sighs> right? But like it's not about baby hijinks. Yeah, like there's a few things, but it it mainly focuses on the family, and it's a good yeah. subplot to get in. The character of Debbie Jelinski, who, right? Oh my God, Joan Cusack, Chef Kiss, perfect. Oh, so good. I think this so is. Good. Would you say this is like the most attractive she's ever been? As as far as I've ever seen her, yes. Yeah. In a film, yeah, yeah, yeah like like they, it was so they casted Joan Cusack because the original choice became too expensive. The original choice was Marissa Tomei. And, oh, okay. And she won for My Cousin Vinny, and mm-hmm. her price, her quote, went up like a ton. So they're like, yeah. uh, well, we'll get someone who was nominated, but never won. So they got Cusack, and yeah. she. I've never seen her give a performance like this. Maybe in and out is the closest. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't not quote, when I hear the name, Debbie, you you said uh, you always quoted and um, the Mister Debbie line, but when I hear Debbie, I go Deborah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just got so many of those moments, and I think I think what I love so much about this one is that like everybody in the family has a really good story throughout the movie, except for Pugsley. Uh, um, well, Pugsley's sort of along for Wednesday's plot, which works for me. Yeah, I mean, like, Pugsley in both films doesn't really do much. He's like her lackey, and that's about it. Like, yeah. Um, and this is the second time we've talked about uh, Christina Ricci being in a movie. So the guy who plays Pugsley is Ariel Winter's brother. Really? So this oh, is the set, this is the first time she was in a, a film with this family, and then Speed Racer, which you were also on for. She is mm-hmm. she is uh, with Ariel Winter, like she's the older version of, yeah. the, of Trixie. It's crazy. That's really cool. Um, everything about this movie is so brilliantly done like the set design every time i think the thing that strikes me the most is when the movie starts that giant matte painting of the moon Mm -hmm. is so gorgeous yeah yes and it's all just so brilliant so do you remember the first time you saw this movie i don't i'm i i i know that it was on television the first time I saw it, um, but that's about it. And it was one. It, it's definitely one of those movies that whenever I was switching through the channels and it was on, that was it. I watched that movie. Yeah, 
I saw this in theaters. Oh. I saw this in theaters. And I I remember the reason why I remember, it, and this is so like the fat kid in me, is because it was the first time we got like a giant monster mash bucket of popcorn from General Cinema. Oh. Yeah. Which is now AMC, which might not exist because movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very sad. Uh yeah. Well, maybe we'll go back to small movie theaters and like you know single film showings on weekends, and we just won't have giant megaplexes anymore. Maybe that'd be nice. I want us to go back to video stores. Yeah, that would be nice. I too. miss having a video store. Yeah. Like, I remember when this came out. So. When Adam's Family Values came out, the blockbuster near us was always out of Adam's Family because mm-hmm. everyone was going back to rent it. And then when this came out, you had to put your name on a list to be able to rent Adam's Family Values. Oh. Like, that's that's how, like, backed up they were without having copies. Yeah. They had, like, three sections of a wall dedicated to it. Like, Awesome. Yeah. So... Uh, if we if we're diving deep, uh, Carol Kane replaces Grandma Ma, who I thought mm-hmm. it was because the actress was dead, and no, the actress died. That the original actress Judith Molina, who played Grandma Ma in the first one, mm-hmm. died last year or five years ago. Oh, yeah, she died in oh, 2015, wow. so five years ago. She died um, of old age, but they replaced her because she wasn't good. <laughs> right yeah like and carol kane i like i just i think of her in the role you know it it, she's synonymous with it now to me that first lady nothing to me (laughs) luxor muxor bone and brine (laughs) i said bone and brine (laughs) (laughs) and angelica houston apparently this movie took like forever to film. Normally, a movie back in the '90s would take uh, about you know two to three months to film. This took almost a mm-hmm. hundred and twenty days to film because they had to spend extra time lighting Angelica Houston just right because of her yeah. eyes. Like they they lit her in such a way that she looked different from everyone else, no matter where they mm-hmm. were. And, and it's so worth it. it. I can't picture anyone else playing Morticia or Gomez. No, no. Because originally, Angelica Houston was not supposed to be Morticia. She. Who, who did they have originally? Cher. Cher. I love Cher, but no. no. I just want to dedicate my life to the dark arts and their hellish crusade. It's just no. Oh, that would have been terrible. I'm so glad that that didn't happen. And then, uh, then Meryl, eh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. I can see Michelle Pfeiffer, but I can. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge Michelle Pfeiffer fan. I love her as Catwoman, and that's about it. And that's about it. Uh, but like Angelica Houston's like, I'll do it. Cause they're like, we, we weren't going to ask you. You're this Academy award winning actress. Like 
She's like, no, nah, I'll gladly yeah. do it. And Raul Julia was the, their first choice for Gomez. Yeah. I, brilliant. He's so brilliant. Just the the passion and the crazy, it, it, it's all there. It, the the comedy is great. He brings it all to the table, man. The the craziest casting for me is Christopher Lloyd. Like I would never imagine casting him as Uncle Fester. Like right. And and back then you would get like a comedy fat actor to do it. You would get like right. If Belushi was alive, you would have got Belushi or maybe Dana Aykroyd, Chris Farley. Like then you have Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown, and he's perfect. Right. So good. I know. It definitely, <laughs> I told my son, I was like, do you know who that is? He was like, what do you mean? I was like, that's Doc Brown. And he was like, what? What? He's also How Judge he... Doom. Right. He he really, he's such a chameleon. And, uh, and I think underrated by the general public. I mean, I think that, you know, movie fans and obviously back to the future fans love christopher lloyd but i think that the, like the general movie going public don't have enough of an appreciation for him in all of his lines in this movie i i think i was trying to think of who i quote the most in this movie it's like a tie between him raul julia and uh christina ricci mm-hmm. um because christina ricci's one-liners are so good Yes, but she she's really re- a lot of a lot of the time you go back to these older movies and I mean, this isn't that much older, but um, and kid actors just kind of mm, it felt super fake. And Christina Ricci just shines in these movies. Yeah, there were there's three child actors from this period to me who are decent and they're all female actresses. Uh, Gabby Hoffman from Field of Dreams and Uncle Buck. Mm-hmm. And then Thora Birch. Oh, yeah. And Christina Ricci. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the three stars of Now and Then. <laughs> 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 but Christina Ricci's lines in this movie, like her delivery is so perfect when... Uh, uh, oh my god, what is her name? The the rich girl. Um the annoying one. Um Amanda. Oh, yeah. Amanda. When she's like, I'll be the victim all your life. All your life. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Uh I think the line I quote the most there are two lines that I quote the most from this movie. Um when Fester is talking about wanting a real person, not just thing, and how he wants um, legs and elbows and a head. I always quote uh, Gomez going, two legs? (laughs) 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 And then uh, my favorite line of any movie of this time period has to be, That poor girl, Lurch, was she in there before you baked? the whole movie's packed with such such brilliant dialogue and it's an example of like a family that loves each other and the the parents have like 
a really good relationship with not just yeah. themselves, but with their family, with they love each other, they still have so much chemistry. And then on top of that, you add in having kids and family living with you, and they just love everything, but they're just weird. Right. And it, I don't know that there's any other uh, film that I can think of with such a family environment where the parents just 24-7 just want to have sex with each other. Or support their kids. <laughs> well, that too. But like they just are so... It, it in a healthy way in like a really cool great beautiful way that like the romance is so healthily alive in their marriage it's beautiful yeah and they bleed that snm chemistry into their life is it agony <laughs> dear is it pain we <laughs> like every, everything about them is just so good in an interview with leonard malton um Angelica Houston uh, was, I think she was promoting a Wes Anderson movie, but he was gushing about how much he loves her performance, her and Raul Julia, and how like they're the perfect movie couple. Uh, I think the quote he said was, they're the perfect movie couple since Myrna Loy and William Powell and The Thin Man. And she just looked at him, smiled, and goes, we had fun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like... I don't know. Did you hear the rumors that Tim Burton is producing a, a Adam's Family miniseries for streaming? I did. And, like, you can't... I don't think you can really recast this. Like, I can imagine who he is going to cast, and I don't think it's right. <laughs> like... I... And it's not Helen the Bottom Carter, because they're not married anymore, so he doesn't cast her in things. Right. Um, I, so I never really have feelings about a remake or a reboot until it happens. It doesn't really bug me because the original is always there. Yeah. If I don't like the new material, I can just ignore it. I mean, worst case scenario, it's awful and I just don't watch it again. Best case scenario, I get more of something I already love. So I'm cool with that. Um, but I too wonder how you get the chemistry of those two again and how you get, like, I can see other Morticias, but I don't, I don't know who is Gomez other than Raul Julia. I just don't. Right. Like, um, when I was thinking but I'm about, open. when I was thinking about it, they're they're possibly going to cast Ava Green as Morticia, which that kind of makes sense, right? But yeah, I, I, and I like her a lot. I actually think if you're going to be very clever about it, cast Christina Ricci as Morticia. Yeah, I think that would be really great. Um, and they're like, oh well, Johnny Depp's going to play Gomez because it's Tim Bur Burton. And I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to weigh in on the the Johnny Depp scandal or anything. I have right. I have no horse in that race. I'll say, yeah. if you're going to cast Johnny Depp in this movie, make him fester. Don't make him Gomez. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see him as Gomez. Because you and I were talking about this. You need like this like passionate, you know, Latin lover type mm -hmm. 
guy to play Gomez. And like right. the three actors I can think of who fit that bill, Pedro Pascal, who's the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also great in Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I could really see that. Ooh, now that you say that. Oscar I Isaac. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's Gomez in the animated one. Right. And then uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Diego Luna from from Rogue One. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. But I think Pedro Pascal would be a perfect Gomez. I think, yeah, I think he'd be really great. He would be so good. And, you know, everything else could fall into place after that. And if you got Carol Kane back as Grandmama. Oh, that'd be so cool. Uh Thinking about it today, like the the use of sitcom actors and different people from 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 sitcoms that are in this movie in supporting roles, that that was the only way in the nineties you could get into a movie if you start on a TV show. Like yeah. like the fact that uh BB Glazer plays Amanda's mom from Frasier, yes. but she's not yeah. the she's not the only person from Frasier in this movie. The delivery doctor? Is David Hyde Pierce? Oh yes, yeah. I love David Hyde Pierce. Good God, Niles. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was thinking about if if they made Adam's Family Values today, Peter McNichol would be played by Tony Hale, Buster from Arrested Development. Oh my God, yes. We're doing yes. a pageant, Mother. <laughs> I love him so much. I would watch him in anything. Peter McNichol is also really good in this movie. Like. Yeah, he's creepy enough. Like the real creepy thing about people in this movie are the norm, the normies. <laughs> like, right? The normal people are l- gross and weird and l- jerks. And the Adams it really captures that beautifully. Apparently, um, David Krumholtz, who plays Joel Glicker, Christina Ricci, it was her first kiss in a movie kissing him, and she hated it. She's like, he's oh. got peach fuzz on his lip, and he's like, I can't help that I'm going through puberty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he's another example of a child actor who did really well. He was so good. Their, and their chemistry was so good. It Really, they just nailed it. But David Krumholtz actually grew up to have a career. Like... He he was on the TV show Numbers and okay, yeah. mm-hmm. and he's in all of those Judd Apatow comedies and Seth Rogen yeah. movies, um, but he of course is Bernard from the Santa Claus movies. Yes, yes. Um, and Christine Baranski at this time period, she was on like the the sitcom Sybil, and two mm-hmm. years later she'd be in the Birdcage. Like, she is so weird in this movie. Like her and McNichol. They have to be part of some weird, you know, <laughs> club, if you know what I mean. She is one of those actors who is good at being really off-putting and weird when she needs to be. Um, don't we just take them? Don't we just wish they died? <laughs> no, we don't. Her voice. Her voice contributes so much to to her weird stuff. She's got that sort of heady but still high-pitched kind of voice. It's so unique. And um, she's weird in... in um, oh, what? She's weird in The Grinch. 
Oh yeah. She's a little strange. She's good at giving this like little bit of off kilter to these characters. And I I could just picture in my mind, anytime they're rehearsing the play, I just have the image of McNichol with the the paper whacking a kid. <laughs> like the... <laughs> said stage left. How dare you? <laughs> That's just like every example of child theater I did as a kid. Like Oh. I was lucky. I I had I had very lovely, nice directors. None of mine were scary taskmasters. Yeah unfortunately (laughs) but i i still love when um they arrive at camp chippewa what's it mean it's an old indian word it means orphan (laughs) (laughs) it actually means uh i think it means the first land Mm -hmm. um but everything about his play i love when he's like you you don't want to help me realize my vision and what she says to him is perfect (laughs) can't remember the line what does she say she says i think it's underwritten and under dramatized and it uh no it's uh infantile and purel and lacks the aristotelian unities (laughs) (laughs) like she's the perfect critic of him and she's right because pocahontas was already dead at this point she had already moved to london with john rolfe and was dead she was in virginia the chippewas were in the midwest Mm -hmm. and like everything about his first thanksgiving is so inaccurate oh it's so inaccurate and so offensive and awful it it's the most offensive children's play i've ever seen yeah um did you recognize the girl who played amanda what so i know that i have googled her before but i can't remember what i came up with well first off she was the girl scout in the first movie oh okay but also she was on buffy the vampire slayer she played the um after Drusilla left, Spike turned one of Buffy's schoolmates into a vampire, and that's her. I think her name was oh. Summer or Autumn or something. But something yeah. seasonal. Yeah. So she was in that. But in this movie, I I just love how there's something about her that's not right. Like right. something's not right about her. Because at first she's like, you're so weird. She's a sociopath. Oh yeah, I mean she yeah. she's like what Debbie could turn into, right? And, and I love when she's like, uh, "What is the line?" It was, "Oh, it's a uh, why? Wh- why are you dressed like that? Dressed like what? Like you're going to a funeral? Who died? Wait." Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. Also, leading up to the the camp, I could talk about the camp all day. We'll get Mm -hmm. back to the camp, but all the ways that they try to kill Pubert, (laughs) which we we shouldn't be laughing about it because it it could be child endangerment, but but like you know you know nothing bad. It's cartoonish. You know nothing bad is going to happen to Pubert. Right, and it's the nature of this family. I mean, we see Wednesday doing this kind of stuff to Pugsley all the time, and Pugsley doesn't die. It's the weird Adams family 
I'm going to kill you, but I'm not going to kill you <laughs> routine. I, I think of all of the, um, the attempts, my favorite one is when she's like, the bowling ball, uh, the cannonball weighs 20 pounds. The baby weighs 10. Which one will hit the ground first? The bowling ball? The cannonball? Very good. Which one will bounce? I'm still on fractions. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, and it really is, It like we said before, it gives that moment of the baby hijinks, but it doesn't last long. It gives it, us that little taste um, enough to say, this is the sequel, here's a baby, look what we're getting up to. Um, and then they move on, which I'm so glad. I love when when uh, Gomez catches Pubert and he's like, Katamiya! Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Just everything about Angelica Houston and Raul Julia is chef's kiss perfect. Like, they're so... I, I, I've seen them in other movies, and whenever I see either one of them, I just can't not think of this movie. Right. They're just so brilliant. Or Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, for me, certainly my childhood, uh, Angelica Houston, it was this and... The uh, Witches. The Witches. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... So getting into the Fester Debbie thing, like Debbie, the whole like first two acts, like you know she's bad, right? But like she's the act she's putting on, she's very sweet up until they say, "Wait, my mother's ring wasn't she buried with that?" As soon as she takes out the shovel, that's like when the twist happens, like. Yeah, like the evilness comes out in her, and mm-hmm. it's like such a good job. They do such a good job in like character development in this. Yeah, and that's that's what I like when I said that they all have great plots. That's that's what I meant for this film versus the first one. Is that I just feel like we get so much more of a sense of everybody in this one, and. Also, in this one, you get the whole uh, restaurant dancing in the bistro. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. Yeah, I, re- I remember just always rewinding that scene as a kid. Like, th- that scene is so much fun. So much fun. And such a good display of their chemistry. Yeah, even when she's like flirting with that, I guess he is a general or something, and he's lighting mm-hmm. the cigarette of that woman. <laughs> Like, yeah. like they'll flirt, but they'll never hurt. <laughs> right. They're just passionate people. This is just who they are. And I, I do love um, when they're talking about Fester at the, at the restaurant. Oh, Fester is a man who's traveled the world. He's been to Europe. I got a very Europe vibe. You did. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But I took a bath. <laughs> Uh, speaking of baths, the the jacuzzi scene or the bathtub scene on the honeymoon. Yes. Like, there's something about Joan Cusack in that scene when she just goes, I love romantic living. Like, so, something that's very Joan Crawford-esque about her performance. Yeah. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, I majorly get Joan Crawford from her. Like the whole time now that I'm thinking of it, like it must have been. It must have been an be. inspiration for her. Do you like romantic living? I do so far. I love romantic living. Oh, Fester, how much do you love me? With all my soul. Would you do anything for me? Anything. Would you die for me? <laughs> yes! Promise. But like, as soon as she realizes, like every time she tries to kill him, he won't die. Like mm-hmm. she should have just stopped. Right. Like, but it just like the control, the control that she needs to have. It drives her. It like she wants to kill him even more because of the fact that he won't die. Yeah. When when um <laughs> when she throws the boombox in, as soon as you see the light bulb go into the um go into the tub you know what's gonna happen because it's like yeah you know it's gonna happen you know he's gonna put oh, it oh yeah yeah and i just love when he comes out and he goes <laughs> i know it was an accident i love her her delivery like i know like i didn't try to kill you <laughs> <laughs> i i just can't get enough of joan cusack in that movie she slays me because as soon as i found out like marissa tomei was offered the role i'm like i can't see her doing it no, she doesn't have the comedy chops at all. Well, I mean, my cousin Vinny, yeah, kind of, but but not in that way. She would have been less of a, uh, I mean, I don't want to say gold digger, but that's what Debbie is. Debbie is a gold digger, <laughs> like right. She would have been. Yeah. She would have been less of a gold digger and more of like kind of her character in my cousin Vinny, and I feel like that would have ruined my cousin Vinny for a lot of people. Hmm. Um, and I, I still, to this day, will always, um, whenever I'm thinking of it, the scene in the Harmony Hut when when uh, they're looking around and and Crumholtz comes in, Joel Glicker comes in, and he's like, "Why are you here? I I just wanted to read." Anytime I think of that scene. And just Peter McNichol popping his head and going, not on my watch, four eyes, and pulling the book. I can't <laughs> stop laughing. And I, oh, and I'm so glad you brought up the Harmony Hut because that set piece, too, is another one that could have been just anything, but the amount of uh, the attention to detail that they have with making it this, you know, overpainted, ridiculous looking thing. It it stands out as one of the set pieces from that film in my mind to this day, just because it was like we needed to design this piece to the hill. And little uh, inside baseball about my dad, uh, uh, past and future guest John Curlin. I've never seen my dad laugh harder than when Glicker sees the image of the poster that says Michael Jackson heals the world, and he starts screaming. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, I'm now going back to myself in the theater and seeing my dad dying laughing way past that scene because of that. Yep. <laughs> and that was in there because originally Michael Jackson was supposed to write, and he did. He wrote the theme song to the movie, which wasn't used. It was released like five years later, six years later. But his scandal oh. happened. His scandal happened. So they replaced oh. him with tag team. <laughs> Yeah. Doing whoop, the Adams family. There it is. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you can you you can tell like that was like a last minute like yeah, oh my god can. what are we gonna do it really is like the one moment in the movie where you're like oh this was a choice <laughs> <laughs> i'm like shouldn't this be in space jam <laughs> my kids were like what what is this part about i'm like yeah, little. It is a little anachronistic this moment. Yes, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, don't worry about it. Moving past it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I still don't. I'm trying to let let me think of how to phrase this. I don't know how they could like watch so many movies in the Harmony Hut like to brainwash them there had to be someone from the camp in there that we don't see because you know wednesday and pugsley aren't gonna continue to put those vhs's right right who is in there controlling that because it's not (laughs) gary and becky right they must have some one of the kids on duty and are they like do we not see it do they then like clockwork orange tie them to a chair with little eye (laughs) And this is the scene uh, that that makes me believe that Christina Ricci deserved an Oscar nomination. It's when she's trying to smile, like that performance. Oh yeah, so good! It is so incredibly good. It's amazing. Her just trying. Uh, it, to... Yeah, it it blows me every time. Every time, it's just so perfect. Because like. If you're an actor, it's really hard to like fake being insincere and trying to smile for the first time. Like mm-hmm. it's it's incredible. There are a few times where she's like that in the movie. The kumbaya scene when she's trying to grab and climb up the fence yeah. when they're singing kumbaya. Yes. Like yes. <laughs> very nice David a visual on a podcast. <laughs> Right, yeah, I'm really, I'm good at that. I'm good at that. Uh, I, I just, uh, Christina Ricci, Cusack, Houston, why they weren't nominated for Oscars, why Raul Julia's performance wasn't recognized for yeah. anything. And Something. Like, that's the thing. Like, comedies never get the credit they deserve. It's true. It, it Like, they're like, what about Juno and Lady Bird? I'm like, yeah, that's like once in a blue moon. And those have darker yeah. tones to it, like yeah, it's like that kind of indie comedy yeah. is the stuff that gets recognized. I think the only time like a flat out comedy has won an Oscar is Ar- Arthur for John Gilgood, mm-hmm. and then Blazing Saddles got what's her name got Madeline Kahn nominated for an Oscar, but she didn't win. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something about this humor that people don't want to acknowledge and like doing comedy is much harder than doing drama it's really difficult people really but everybody has this idea that that's not the case that you know this um yeah i mean if it weren't for um awards shows that separate by genre comedies would just never get acknowledged also, it took me up until this most recent viewing to realize that when she's doing the you can never see Debbie is doing the you can never see your family again, 
uh, and him going, mm-hmm. wow, I didn't realize until like this year or a few years ago, she's playing with his fester. <laughs> like it, it took me. Oh yeah, yeah. It took me this long to realize because as a kid, I'm like, oh, he's making funny faces. I didn't realize he's having he's an. Just o- being silly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm like, oh, he's having an orgasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It it does. It's it's one of those movies that handles that, making it really fun and funny for kids, and then has that separate level for adults as well. It handles that really well. Yeah, but I'm not proud that it took me this long to realize. <laughs> I just watched it last week too. I didn't realize it then. <laughs> yeah, I, I watch this movie constantly, and I didn't realize it. God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> but, um. The other scene that I know my family loves the most growing up is in the the mansion, in Debbie's mansion. I think the, the Morticia's line of, you uh, have Fester under some weird sexual spell. That I can respect. But Debbie, <laughs> pastels. <laughs> Just hurt her face when she says pastels, uh, junk to sex face of being like, like, no, not not Angelica Houston's face. The reaction from Joan Cusack, like her slap in the face, like her being angry, being like, "Get out of my house!" <laughs> I adore her cry descending into her crazy ass laugh in the car when she's pretending. Oh my god, so brilliant! It's like again. Almost on par with Wednesday's, you know, going into the smile. Yeah. And Joan Cusack's crazy-ass laugh is so off-putting as well. Oh, it's so well done. Like, see, I I know who I would cast today to be be Debbie. Like, if they were making this today, I think Maya Rudolph would be perfect. Yeah. Maya Rudolph Rudolph would would be be really great. Perfect. But... Yeah, I'm thinking of that that cry laugh. <laughs> Just yeah, and then also my, yeah. her reserve look when the house explodes, like just her batting her eyelashes and blinking, like yeah. getting ready to get out of the car to see the wreckage, and then when when he comes out and like she's like, "What the hell is happening?" Yep, yep. And it's not even like, oh my god, I can't believe it. It's just like, pissed. <laughs> Why won't you die? <laughs> what in the world? <laughs> um, I, I do love Christopher Lloyd, like when she's leaving, uh, him getting ready for the anniversary, and she goes, I have to pick up your gift, and he goes, is it string? <laughs> like. <laughs> I know. He's like such a like a pet. He and he's always oh, like his dialogue is almost like what you think your dog would say to you all the time. Well, that just makes me like realize going back to Back to the Future Part 3 when uh Mary Steenburgen describes him as having puppy dog eyes. I'm like, yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect way to describe Christopher Lloyd. He has puppy dog eyes. Like and Yeah. And I just love when he picks up the present and goes, it's a bomb. Her reaction is like, <laughs> <laughs> what? 
I know. I, I know. I know. Not until my birthday. <laughs> like, <laughs> with the turtleneck on. Oh my god. I oh no, the turtleneck is when they arrive at the house. It's uh, he's got that really ugly yellow uh, polo shirt. Oh, and the he's got a, an apron on. Yeah. Yes. The apron says home is where the heart is or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like like the way they make uh uh Christopher Lloyd look hunchback is I don't know how they do it. They make him look They completely change his body shape and in such a viable way. It never looks like you're hiding a rakish man in there, you know? So can I tell you the first time I was ever like so excited to see a prop from a movie. Um, when I was I'm trying to think of what year, I think it was 95 or 96, my family took us to uh, Las Vegas for our, our family vacation that year. And we went to the, Caesar pa- the Caesars Palace, Planet Hollywood, and they had the wall from Adam's Family Values with um, with the little Christina Ricci um body double doll in the wall sticking out and i remember seeing it and being like oh my god this is amazing oh like, that's so cool that was like the first time i was like oh my god i'm seeing a real movie prop and we were eating at a table yeah. where we had the uh the flintstone mobile car over us and i'm like eh. <laughs> <laughs> i think i'm one of the four people on planet earth who really likes that movie <laughs> i like the flintstones movie but like I just saw the co- I just saw you know Wednesday's wall like the wall right. that had Wednesday Adams in it. I'm like, is that really Christina yeah. Ricci? <laughs> and like, <laughs> Did you stay here all the time, Christina. And like, it was weird because it was like motorized, so like every now and then the eyes would open up, like so it was really cool. Oh, and I th- oh, that's cool. The other thing that impressed me is that it was also right next to uh, Eddie Murphy's costume from coming to america which is one of my favorite movies of all time like oh so cool coming to yeah, america that's really neat so like those two things i'm like yeah i, I care about that no fuck you flintstones <laughs> like <laughs> but yeah i so in this movie um i think it's like a great example of act structure because you have like they have the baby which sets everything off and then debbie comes then the kids go to camp. Then Debbie tries to kill Fester, and then everyone comes back. Mm-hmm. And I will say that Joan Cusack's monologue at the end of the movie, she's like, "I don't like hurting people. Mm-hmm. I just have to do it through slides." <laughs> like, yeah. And her whole thing about uh, she wanted ballerina Barbie, and they got her Malibu Barbie. I just love. Uh, Angelica Houston's very sincere response to oh, Malibu Barbie, the horror, and uh, Raul Julia just going, the nightmare. <laughs> like, everything they say during the slideshow is amazing. It's just perfect. Um, Carol Kane going, ah, Nax, that takes me back. Yes. Ah. <laughs> uh, also, the one thing that we haven't talked about is how they kind of condone that the weird indoor kids at the camp are cannibals, and we're just okay with that. 
think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're just like, we're a weird movie. And so here you go. We're not going to delve into that any further. Well, it's just like proof that they're bullied by the people who run this camp that they're bringing them to the point of like throwing arrows at them that are on fire and eating them. Yep. Yep. Now I have to sincerely ask roasting the camp people on a spit. I have to sincerely ask you My kids were like, How are they over that fire and they're not dying? It's staged. Like it, so it's okay. The camera trick. It's a camera trick. I have to sincerely ask you, if you were cast as one of the normies, um, either as a child or as an adult, would you rather be the following four people? Amanda's dad, who's played by Sam McMurray, Peter McNichol, David Krumholtz, or Barry Sonnenfeld's director character, um, who is Joel's dad. Um, Peter McNichol. Peter Mc. Yeah. Oh, or you could be Nathan Lane. I totally forgot about Nathan Lane in this movie. Wait, who's Nathan Lane? He's the cop. He's the chief of police. Oh, yes, because it's so weird and not Nathan Lane at all. Who are you? What are you? Who moved the rock? And I mean, <laughs> that was originally supposed to be Don Rickles, and you can tell. Oh, yeah. That was supposed to be Don Rickles, but he was filming uh-huh. Casino, and he couldn't do it. So, But, like, they got Nathan Lane... He, I think I'd be was like, why is Nathan Lane so straight in this movie? What's going on? What they hire Nathan Lane for? <laughs> well, the crazy thing is Nathan Lane played Gomez in the Broadway musical. Yeah. I mean, so because they were supposed to make a third one, which ended up becoming a direct to video movie because Raul Julia died. They're like, no, nope, yeah. no one wants to see it. So when he, um, when he died, they replaced him with Tim Curry, and Angelica Houston's like, "I'm not doing it without Rawl." Mm-hmm. Um, so had, and who was Morticia? Daryl Hannah. Oh yeah, <laughs> but then there was like uh, no one. No, I've never seen it. There was no one famous as Fester. Like the whole thing is like, Grandmama and Fester need to be played by celebrities. Yeah. Uh... I've never seen it. It's one of the few Tim Curry films I have not seen. <laughs> I don't even know how you would see it. It's not like <laughs> someone probably bootlegged it and prevalent. you can see it on YouTube, but Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. No. I ended up as a kid seeing uh Casper Spirit in the beginning. <laughs> ah. Which was terrible, and then I didn't want to see any prequel films. <laughs> like yeah. And also you can't have Wednesday Adams without Christina Ricci. Right. You can't. Especially if it's in the wake of these other two films. Like if it's a totally separate franchise, you're doing your own thing, then that's fine. But you can't follow up these two films with another film without this cast. Right. And this movie also just opens like we mentioned the moon and the howling fester, but the whole scene in the hospital with like Pugsley and, and Wednesday with that girl, who I'm pretty sure that that was the girl who played Trixie in a, a problem child too. I'm pretty sure that was the same girl. Oh yeah. But like her whole thing. And then the mommy and the daddy kiss. And then there's a diamond that the stork <laughs> puts in the cabbage patch. 
and like our parents are having a baby too they had sex like <laughs> no i think i finally realized who christina ricci reminds me of do you um you've seen king of the hill right the tv show yeah yeah um one of one of bobby hill's friends Dooley, the redhead kid who kind of talks like this your dad blew up like that kid he has like a bunch I of one. I think I know that character. Um, he has a bunch of one-liners, but like that whole one-liner thing is just like what reminded me of Christina Ricci as Wednesday. Yeah, like Wednesday's at that very special age where she only has one thing on the mind: boys, homicide. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> the one-liners are so good. Um, also, I really want that card set. The, the the card set the card set that Joel had uh, psychos and killers. Oh yes. <laughs> also, uh, the fact that he has all of the set except for uh, the Zodiac killer and Jack the Ripper, the two serial killers who got away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sorry to be nitpicky, but that's what we do on this podcast. Um. He says he has the complete set, so why would he trade with Pugsley for Amy Fisher? Doesn't he technically already have Amy Fisher? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that was just for an Amy Fisher joke. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Maybe he's got multiples. (laughs) He's trying to complete his multiple sets. Uh, So, is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to talk about? I don't think so. Just that gross meatloaf, maybe? Oh, God. I could spend (laughs) hours. Who would put pimento and like olives on a meatloaf? I hate olives so much. That meatloaf looks so gross. I love olives. But it just looked like vomit. And then when when it flies out the window and gets hit by the car and again just looks like vomit, it it makes me never want to eat meatloaf again. Um... Yeah, that was so gross. Also, if we're we're talking about that end scene stuff, um when when she dies at the mm-hmm. I always wanted to talk talk with someone about this. Is the hand that grabs glicker is that thing or is that actually supposed to be her? Right, I don't know because it can't be her because she, she burned. Yeah, she she turned into ash. Like Right. But it can't be thing because it has like a forearm. Right. So I I never knew. Is it Pugsley no, under it, is it Pugsley under there with like a snorkel? Yeah. It's very weird. Uh, but fun. Yeah. Fun little callback to Carrie. Yeah, I, that's why they did it, but I, yeah. I just I, I love how um, Joel is so in love with Wednesday and he goes, but what if you found a guy who worshipped you and loved you? What would you do? I'd pity him. <laughs> like, Yeah. I love their little romance. It's so sweet and how he turns into little Gomez. Yeah. Well, that makes sense because Pugsley is is little fester. Right. Um. Oh, I do love at the beginning, we didn't talk about this, when they're talking about the sibling rivalry, and they're like, do you think that because a baby is born, that one of the other kids has to die? That's not true. That's just not true. Not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carol Kane. And also the things that so they fabulous. the things they did to each other, uh, Gomez and, and Fester. <laughs> I uh, um, at night I would uh, screw off his head and remove his brain. You did <laughs> like like the. <laughs> <laughs> I punched him so hard I removed four permanent teeth. <laughs> also, I I so great. I I want to know how they did the fester flipping up upside down and them with the knives, like all the knives around his body for the silhouette. Like, oh yeah, because like they couldn't have possibly had him on a harness because you would have been able to see it because of the knives, right? Like throwing him, yes. I just don't know how they did it. And I always, the optical illusions in this movie are just amazing, especially yeah, with the, the baby. Effects are so good. The baby with the airplane, the Buckman. Yes. Uh, I, I, I could talk about this movie all day, and we pretty much happen. Um, <laughs> um, I think the other thing that I want to talk about is her reading Cinderella. Uh, junkie sack reading. Yes. Yeah. And just skipping to the end. She lives. Oh, that's Cat in the Hat. Oh, it's Cat in the Hat. You're right. I'm, that's I'm, the Cat in the Hat. He... Yeah. I'm talking about uh, junkie sack when she knows that Fester is listening in. Uh, I'm Cinderella, but could you excuse me and tell me who that man is? That bald man. That man who makes me quiver in my bodice. <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah just everything about that scene but now i want to talk about the cat in the hat scene like the the yes. the room transforming into the child's nursery like an actual child's nursery not pubert's nursery is right. insane and uh her uh, Angelica Houston reading the cat in the hat is one of my favorite moments in the movie. Oh, it's so great! It's so great, and she's so depressed reading it. And when she skips to the end and she just goes, Oh, he lives, <laughs> nobody dies. This is terrible. This is a terrible story. Um, yeah, so many good one liners, especially he has my father's eyes. Gomez, take those out of his mouth. Yes. <laughs> do you know why they named him Pubert? I don't. Why did they do that? Because uh, when Charles Adams was giving them names, New York Times did not like the name Pubert for Pugsley. Oh. So that they named him Pubert because of that. Oh, that's cool. I also just love Joan Cusack's... Uh, reaction we thought of all the names lucifer mao then we thought of a name he could live with pubert pubert i like it it's filthy (laughs) 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 but yeah oh my god is there anything else we can say like there's i can't think of anything wrong with this movie no i really can't no it's so good except the song at the end yeah. Uh but but it all it's supposed to be offensive, that's why. Right. Like even even the look on their face when 
um, the Buckman's face when Pugsley goes, eat me. And they're like, oh, Oh, I love the eat me. (laughs) Eat me. It's Thanksgiving day. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the movies that they brainwash them with are the movies you would brainwash someone with. You have, you have the Brady Bunch TV show. You have sound of music, Annie, which is a musical. My wife hates it is my wife's favorite musical. Uh, uh, we all have our faults. It's okay. Just I I I don't know. Well, they they included Annie because it was directed by John Huston, who was Angelica Huston's dad. So, oh, cool. Yeah. So, how many bagels? Man, out of thirteen. Yeah, 12. I'm going to say 12, because I feel like 13... Yeah, 12. I'm going to say 12. Yeah, I'll say 12, too, because it doesn't age well in certain aspects. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying to think, like, what do you think is the deep, dark secret of Peter McNichol and, and uh, Christine Baranski's characters? Oh. I don't. I wish I could come up with something really witty and fantastic. I I think their weird kink is that he likes to dress up as a big baby, and she dresses up as a 1950s housewife who has to take care of him. Oh, I love it. Yes, no, 100. percent And he's and, and he's always like, "I'm a widow baby." Wah 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 wah. I'm a widow baby. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> now I want that. Now I want that cut scene. Thank you for doing this, David. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. You are always welcome on this podcast. I always have fun. <laughs> I love it. So uh, next uh, next week is our 150th episode. Yeah. Ooh. So Haley and I will be doing The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, awesome. Oh, that's great. For Snubs and Shrugs. And that movie was nominated for five Oscars, so it's not a snub. It's a shrug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, David, do you have anything else going on? I don't. Because of COVID-19, I've got nothing going on. You can always promote your bakery. <laughs> oh, yeah, we bake. We, we've, so we, um, we will have. So it's Wildflower uh, Bakery. And, and uh, we have a, a Facebook page. We're a home bakery. Uh, we're going to have uh, Christmas cookie kits, DIY kits with cookies and uh, royal icing and gingerbread house kits as well. And it's all homemade. And yeah, we have fun. We'll give the link in the the show details. Um, oh, awesome. Thanks. And you can always find me uh, at the Writer's Bagel Basket Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, and my other podcast, Hell is a Musical, which David has been on. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, we, uh, have two episodes in December. We are doing Mary Poppins Returns. Oh. And, uh, after we wrap this up, I'll, I'll go into some detail off mic about it. <laughs> um, and then, uh, we're also for our Christmas episode, we're doing Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh. Oh, wonderful. How long do you think that, that, that movie is? You'll be shocked. I thought it was much longer than it was when I rewatched it. I have no idea. I honestly haven't seen it in a while. It's 54 minutes long. Oh, wow. I thought it was like a 90-minute movie. Yeah. 
I need to watch it again anyway because yeah. I haven't seen it and I, I I used to love watching it and I haven't watched it in a few years. Yeah, so that one will be fun to do. So Yeah. Um so until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. David, thank you for doing this. Well thank you. Well, bye. <laughs>